0: Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
1: Welcome to a new episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. If you were looking for season four of Fuller House, I'm anxiously awaiting that on Netflix as well, let me tell you. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. And if you're the family of coyotes that's living in my backyard, please go away. It's no longer cute. As always, I'm your show host, Jared Korea. And in addition to casting this pod, I'm the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. The website for that is redcavelegal.com. I'm also the COO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbots and predictive analytics built specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideonlegal.com. And lastly, believe it or not, this is not my only podcast. I have a travel podcast with my wife called The Lobby List, which you can check out on iTunes. We've got some brand spanking new Disney World content coming up. So subscribe, rate, and comment. But here on The Legal Toolkit, which is still my primary and favorite podcast, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk about the value of electronic payment processing and accounts receivable, or AR, for those initiated, automation. Wait, for law firms. But before I introduce today's guest, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. First, I'd like to thank our new sponsor, TimeSolve. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999, TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small. For more information, visit www.timesolve.com. Remember, T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V, leave out the last E, dot com. Next, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Thomson Reuters Firm Central cloud-based legal practice management that streamlines your day and automates non-billable administrative tasks so you can accomplish more with less. In addition, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Scorpion. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. And finally, we'd like to thank our sponsor, AnswerOne. Answer one is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-ONE or online at www.answerone.com. That's one.com. My guest today is the one and only Sarah Schaff. Sarah is the CEO of Hedno, which provides electronic payment processing and AR automation to law firms. Before founding Hedno, Sarah was a practicing attorney in all sorts of law firm environments, including solo practice. She also worked as an in-house attorney for Google. Sarah is a podcast listener herself and a cyclist, though not necessarily in that order. Welcome to the big show, Sarah Schaff.
2: Thank you so much, Jared. It's great to be here.
1: Yes. As you can probably tell, listeners and Sarah, I have a little bit of a cold today, but we're going to push through. Sarah, you used to work at Google. So I'm very interested in this because I know no. you're the only person I know who worked at Google. So what's the most cultish thing they do over there? Like I have heard rumors that Google sacrifices a goat every Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. in order to acquire Satan's help in building out the latest phase of its search engine <laughs> algorithm. Can you confirm or deny the truth of that rumor?
2: That's a Great question, Jared. It's a common right, yeah. misconception. It's actually Wednesdays that they do the sacrifice. Um, and
1: it is a okay. go, right?
2: Every week. Yeah. And it is a go. Um, no, I can I can officially deny those rumors, but the most cultish thing, I mean – the entire place is made so that you never want to leave. So <laughs> they're like, do you want dry cleaning, package service, laundry, <laughs> food, uh, you know, a class in making terrariums? Like step right this way.
1: Now, is that real? Could you really yes. take a class in making terrariums at Google?
2: hundred percent. I took a class on making terrariums at Google. How did it go? My terrarium was was really good. I was told I was above average skill set at terrarium making.
1: Nice. But I feel like Google's a place where they tell everybody that their terrariums are above average. Would you say so?
2: I'm pretty sure. I mean, how do you make a bad terrarium, I guess I know. is
1: It's the kind question. of stuff is tough to screw up. Exactly. But one thing you did make was a payment processing service for law firms. How about great that segue? Seg-
2: yes. That was a great segue.
1: <laughs> so let's talk again. And this is also above average, just like your terrarium. So let's start by talking about something you had addressed in your bio, like AR and collection woes, capital W. Like lawyers have tons of accounts receivable. They have a hard time collecting. So, what the most obvious question here, I think, is like law firms, like regardless of size, practice area, location, they all have accounts receivable issues. They also seem to relentlessly apply manual processes to solving those issues including traditional law firm payment methods like paper checks and cash, which are going so well, right? So the obvious question to start is, why should law firms start taking electronic payments like yesterday?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think everybody on this, you know, podcast that's listening is a consumer, right? Like we all pay for everything with a digital payment method. And when people kind of don't understand or or law firms or lawyers don't understand the value, I like to remind them about, you know, the last time that they were at the grocery store and they got behind somebody in line who wanted to pay with a check. Um, And I might be dating myself because that hasn't hopefully (laughs) happened in at least a decade. But like if you're giving your clients that experience of making them pay you with an outdated manual paper process, you are that like old woman at the grocery store trying to write a check.
1: I stood behind that old woman last week. That still happens.
2: <laughs> you saw it. Oh, yeah, man. It was that her. poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the experience you're giving your customers, your clients, if you're not offering them the most modern way of doing business with you from start to finish. And that includes the way that they're paying you after um, you've completed the work or on an ongoing basis for, for work that you're doing month over month.
1: However, if your clients are really old ladies who like to pay by check at the grocery store, like you're onto
2: something by not
1: using yeah. payment processing.
2: Right. And then maybe you, you know, you probably have other problems that that we can talk about offline. There online. are
1: probably other issues. Yes. Contact exactly. here are offline to talk about those problems.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Sarah at headnote.com. I think like the other thing, the other thing that goes along with what you had kind of mentioned is this kind of trend that we've seen in our industry in the past couple of years, really the past decade of applying automation and tech to different parts of our workflow. And so at one point, you know, lawyers didn't know anything about marketing automation. Uh, and now there's many companies that offer those services or, you know, CRM for legal was a term none of us really understood three years ago. And now there's companies like Lexicata or Lawmatics, multiple companies entering that space. Yeah, And so this Process of how we're now tracking and overseeing and managing our accounts receivable is kind of the last dinosaur, and it's if you're not applying simple tech to how you're managing your AR and therefore the health of your firm, then it's the equivalent of dropping the ball on the one-yard line. Because um, what's the point of applying tech in all those other places if you can't actually get paid or have an understanding of what your accounts receivable looks like without doing everything on your own manually?
1: word up. Like I think a lot of people talk about automation and processes in terms of business management components of law firms, like related to substantive practice, but they don't address it from a payment capture concept. So that's really smart that you guys are thinking about that and working on that. All right. So I think everything you said is true. Like these are new technologies for law firms. I'm doing air quotes right now, as you can't see, Mm -hmm. but new technologies for law firms, but like for other businesses, these technologies have been around for a while and like, right. Even though payment processing, electronic payment processing has been around for law firms for a long time, like available to them for a while, like the thing that is staggering to me is how few attorneys know fundamentally how that works. So can you talk a little bit about what e-payment processing options there are for lawyers? How do those work? And, you know, how can they get paid from a at a, at a, like not super technical, but just technical enough
2: level? Right. Yeah, technical light. Um, so I'll say, like, what you said again is is so true. Like, we as a as an industry obviously are not like what we call. I live in San Francisco um, and, and work in Silicon Valley. Like, we're not what we call early adopters of technology as an industry. And so when <laughs> I was working at Google, that was kind of a, a very interesting moment for me to see like how we can apply simple tech. To different parts of a workflow or like what can we take as an industry from tech companies and things that they're doing operationally to make things easier and so this idea of using like really simple technology uh, or making it as simple as possible to the user aka the lawyer and offering kind of high-end user experience that's going to be more like the consumer products we're used to using. So it's going to be as easy for you and your clients to use as, like, logging onto Facebook or something we're used to it is a concept that's newer to legal. We're used to more clunky software and, like, outdated interfaces. Um, and so that kind of is what we've experienced up to now with payment processing. Um, There's a few things you mentioned we should talk about. So it's important, you know, the the kind of high-level technical process of payment processing for lawyers is that you need to pick a solution that's going to address your needs and rules Uh, as an attorney who wants to transact to both trust and operating account. So, you know, operating account is earned fees. That's a little bit easier in most states as far as rules go, though I always say check your local rules. Trust accounting is something to take really seriously, and any off-the-shelf payment platform is not going to protect your trust funds. They're not going to be deducting fees from operating, you know, stopping chargeback access from the trust account, and all of the things that you need to do under the ABA model rules of professional conduct you know, state fifty bars associations in every state, and IOTA. and so it's really important that you choose one that's made for lawyers to make sure you're complying with all of those rules.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff. It's amazing. Like between the goat sacrifices and the terrarium building, that you had mm-hmm. so much time to think about this as well. You're truly a Renaissance. <laughs> it was.
2: They woman. actually probably would have rather I didn't because you're really just supposed to like show up and stay there all day and maybe like sleep in the yoga room. Maybe. Um, or they have nap rooms. So He's just maybe sleep in the nap room and not go home <laughs> or have a life.
1: <laughs> so one point you brought up, I think is really important. Like, cause a lot of lawyers will go out there and say, okay, um, I'll just do a PayPal account or a Venmo account. And mm-hmm. you address a couple of reasons why that was not the way to go from the ethics side of it. But you know, there are viable reasons that lawyers should be choosing payment processing tools that are built for the legal industry. So do you want to expand on that point a little bit?
2: Yeah. I mean, first of all, there's kind of this issue of, you know, you want to be using something that's going to be as easy as possible for your clients, right? You want to give them a really professional modern payment experience. You know, a lot of uh, platforms within legal and outside of legal are going to do things like make your client open an account, like register for an account. And how many times, you know, think about the last time that you wanted to like finish reading an article, like you read the teaser and you're like, yeah, I'll finish reading it. And they're like want to make you register for an account. And like, that is the most frustrating experience. If you're making your client register for an account, when they go to pay you, you're giving them that same frustrating experience. And that's the opposite of what you want to do because you are hopefully going to earn their business again or get their referral business. And this is something I recently spoke about at a conference that um, lawyers have no idea what, well, I bet you know, Jared, but do you know what an NPS is, a net promoter score?
1: Of course I do. I've read the okay. Cleo Legal Trends report.
2: Right, thank you, Jared. Most people haven't. And this idea of like we as an industry, our a net promoter score is essentially the the how likely someone is to recommend you to someone else. So when you're shopping online or something, and it comes up and is like one to ten, like how likely are you to refer us to a friend that's that they're they're trying to figure out what their nps score is yeah and if we don't do that as lawyers and so based on that that legal trends report that you mentioned we're like sandwiched at the bottom of the list of industries <laughs> between like banks and health insurance companies like people I don't know. like law firms yeah cable companies <laughs> yeah like who knew right we are there that we got into this to help people and now we're like literally at the like bottom of the list worst offenders um so this idea of like being more aware of what an nps is and how you can make it better like make them have a nice payment experience that is you know branded for your firm that speaks to them you know actually says like make a payment to your lawyer, like give them confidence and make it easy and convenient for them. Like that's super important. In addition to like, are you actually making sure that you're not breaking your rules and risking disbarment?
1: I didn't know you were going to pull out net promoter score plus one for you.
2: Yeah. Um, Thanks.
1: So let's talk briefly about like the process involved. Like we're talking credit card payments, we're talking debit card payments, and then we're talking processing fees and potentially other fees as well. Like how does that part of it work?
2: Right, so there's a couple options you mentioned, right? Credit and debit cards, we're all familiar with that. And then there's something that's really important. Again, like I, 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 it's a vital payment method for law firms is is eCheck. And so eCheck is something that is yeah. essentially built off of ACH rails, which are uh, a lot of law, lawyers and law firms may not have heard of. But this is actually a, a more proven payment method than credit cards. ACH rails have been around since the '70s. Like it's whenever you've done a wire transfer, it's essentially a more modern version of that. It's, it's like safer. Uh, less susceptible to fraud than credit and debit, but the reason that you know the e-check is so important is because if you are a law firm that has SMB clients, not just individual clients, uh, a lot of them are not going to want to pay you. You know, small corporations don't want to necessarily pay with a credit card. Small companies they want to pay directly from their bank, and so you need to be offering them a direct bank to bank payment method. Uh, that doesn't make them like log in and create a wire so the, the what you're kind of saying is across those payment methods there's different fees that apply and there's always going to be some kind of a base transaction fee and that's really like the cost of doing business like when you go to a store and you buy you know whatever you buy the stores is, is eating that transaction fee to let you pay with with a digital payment method, a credit yeah. or debit card. It's the same, right? Like we have to start allowing and accepting transaction fees as the cost of doing business and being professional and modern. Then on top of that, a lot of platforms are going to add additional fees. And this is where the like hidden fee issue comes in because you think like, oh, I'm supposed to be paying this one, you know, oh, no, I only pay this percentage. And then when <laughs> you look at your statement, you're going to see um, network fees, merchant fees, you know, fees yeah. for recurring payments. That is something to be really careful of um, because it all adds up.
1: Okay, so hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to process all of this. Here are some of the things you should buy. Do you feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and to grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and to generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at TimeSolve.com. That's wwwt Remember, that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V.com. Thanks for sticking around, everybody. Feeling better, getting into the vibe. Maybe my cold is going away. This will pay off, trust me. I'm talking with Sarah Schaff of Headnote, and we're wrapping about how to apply technology to how you're managing your firm's AR, accounts receivable, and electronic payment processing in legal. All right, so we just talked about this, Sarah, like how lawyers can engage online electronic payment options. The most basic objection I get from lawyers to this is something you just mentioned. They don't want to pay payment processing fees. So why should a law firm pay those fees and essentially reduce their own revenue to access online
2: payments? Right. I mean, this is just like we've kind of talked about, and you and I have have talked in the past about this offline. Like if you are a modern business, there are certain costs that you know you just have to have. Like you have to have insurance. You have to have, you know an office space. If you do in-person client consults, like you just have to be able to accept online payments. I like to like, think about if you ever go to a store, like I live in San Francisco. I know you live back East in like in, in, Boston area, that kind of city we have bodegas in the woods, right?
1: Hence the coyotes.
2: (laughs) Hence the coyotes. We have bodegas and like corner stores everywhere. And if you go into one and they won't accept credit cards or debit cards, like they're like cash only. I mean, that that's almost a deal breaker for me because I don't have cash. <laughs> like I'm at that yes. like very old i'm like what they call a gray-haired millennial I'm like the oldest possible millennial like <laughs> i don't walk around with money in my pocket which i think makes my dad like super uncomfortable so he's like how do you never have money <laughs> but if i go to a place that's cash only i'm right away like you've got to be kidding me and there is this part of me that's like stop being cheap because like they'd obviously don't want to pay the fees but it's inconvenient for me and so it's that you know if the guy who owns the bodega you know has to Pay those, you know, that that one point nine percent or whatever it is to process payments. Like you should do that for your clients too. You're a high end service provider. You you know, offer this like white glove service. You care about your clients and providing them with the best possible legal representation. All those things. Like, don't drop the ball uh, in the end zone because now you're making them, you know, do something that like they don't even do at the bodega.
1: Yeah. I I have to say, like, I have this conversation all the time with my family. Like, I get really angry when I have to pay for things with cash. Like yeah. we'll be driving somewhere and there'll be a cash only gas station yeah. and I'll get back in the car and I'll be heated. And my kids are yeah. like, let's leave them alone for 10 minutes.
2: Right. right. <laughs> I was like, or what like, kind
1: of place doesn't take debit cards?
2: <laughs> right. Or like if you go to a bar or like a restaurant and you see the cash only sign and it's like, ugh, I'm, I'm going to have to deal with something annoying. I'm going to have to go find an ATM and pay a process. You know, I'm going to have to pay my bank more than I would pay the store or I'm going to have to go. You know, like if you're an attorney, now I'm going to have to go find my checkbook and find a stamp. Like, it's it's just silly at this point.
1: Yeah. And uh, I have to say, like, in terms of business expenses, like if you're Google, for example, you have like this massive pen of goats that you have to maintain. So these are just like modern day business expenses.
2: Exactly. Terrariums don't just like, you know, pay for themselves.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like those terrariums aren't going to build themselves. (laughs) So like, do you think this is helping me to get a job at Google or no? How do you think this is going right now?
2: Yeah, I think it's probably going fairly well. I think that you have a very individual voice, and um, (laughs) actually, at my um, interview, at one of my interviews, uh, it is totally true. They, you know, you talk to like a panel of people, and there's like multiple different conversations that you have. But at one of them, and in person, there, I was in a little room and had to fill out some like little not an application, but like some kind of little like little test, like little some things were related to like actual legal questions. And then the last question was draw a picture of an elephant <laughs> and I had to draw a picture of an elephant and Out I'm not particularly bad. Like, I mean, I <laughs> got the job, but I'm not a, like a particularly artistic person, but I just remember being like, <laughs> are they really looking at like how I draw the elephant or like, is this just like some like kind of dorky version of an icebreaker? But in either case it stuck with me. So there That's interesting.
1: Go. All right, quick story, and then we're going to get back on track. I once applied to a DA's office, and mm-hmm. I got into the interview, and they showed me a picture of someone who had been decapitated to kind of oh like get to see what, I would, what my reaction like to, to that would be. Right. And then the DA was like, this kind of stuff happens every day in this town. And I was like, someone's decapitated in this town every day? <laughs> I did not get the job.
2: Yeah, they're Um, like, stop being a smartass. Just probably for the best. Every day, 365 (laughs) times, this happens a year. It's an
1: epidemic. The news Um, isn't
2: even reporting on this.
1: (laughs) So let's talk about speed and payment processing. Yes, I don't know if I can segue from that. So a large part of choosing electronic payment methods is like the assumption that law firms will get paid faster. And I don't think it's an assumption. I think it's like a truth at this point. So can you talk a little bit about the increased speed in terms of payment processing
2: when law firms are
1: using e-payments?
2: Yeah, so I mean, these these are some stats that are actually uh, taken from some of the reporting that the APA does, and some um, different reports on on digital payment methods, as well as actually the the Cleo's legal trend report that came out, you know, recently. So. In general, lawyers are only collecting. One report says eighty-five cents. One says eighty-six. But let's say eighty-six to, to just to give it the, the benefit of the doubt. You're collecting eighty-six cents on the dollar uh, that you that you build. And average payment time is is sixty to ninety days. And what we actually have found is that the rate of actually getting paid, period, goes down to twenty-two percent after ninety days. Like that, your chances yeah. of collecting are really low, and that's when you start discounting. And part of, of why this happens, this like just delay in, in getting paid and then the discount is something that I call client amnesia, which is this thing that happens and I do it all the time, like when I'm a client, if it takes my lawyer too long to get me a bill and then they send me like a bill that I can't just click and pay, I put it aside because I don't have time to deal with it. And by the time I get around to it, it's like the last thing I want to do. And instead of feeling like high value. And like, I was prioritized because, you know, I called the lawyer to say, this is an emergency. This project has to get done. They dropped something. They did the work. It was good work. I said, great. Then when I finally go to pay that bill, like 60 or 90 days later, I'm like kind of pissed because I got sticker shock from my bill. And my initial reaction is like, I'm going to ask for a discount. Um, And so, the easier, you know, the faster you can get your bill to them, which is another kind of topic outside of what we're talking about, was one thing. But then, the easier you can make it for them to actually pay you, like you're just going to collect more, you're going to collect faster, and you're going to give a better um, impression to your client, like have higher client satisfaction rates with the work you performed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great answer. Okay. So, last question in this segment. One of the ways that law firms are competing nowadays because there's a lot of competition out there for law firms is they're trying to strike up more consumer friendly pricing models for their clients and potential potential clients rather how does using an electronic payment processing system help to do that like potentially in terms of like subscription services which i see a lot of law firms adopting these days
2: yeah absolutely so um i think this is awesome like again one of my favorite things from going from you know, litigating as an outside counsel at law firms to working in-house was that I didn't have to bill. And that was like incredible after I spent so much of my time, you know, with like tiny scraps of paper and like (laughs) chicken scratch notes and like just terrible last day of the month kind of horror stories. So um, this idea of like, how can we do away with that with something like subscription billing for your clients and flat fee uh, arrangements is is the future. I, I really believe that, and it's can more convenient for your client too because because they don't have to deal with with actually initiating payment uh, yes. or doing anything. So, for sure, you want to be sure that you're picking you know a payment processor that can accommodate that. Now, here's something that's like super important and interesting.
1: All right, listen up, everybody.
2: I, everyone, listen up. There are certain payment platforms that only allow you on these plans to set up the reoccurring payment on like the first and the 15th and a lot of law firms that doesn't work because they're like, no, I, you know, they, my client wants third Thursday or whatever, like Mm -hmm. their accounting is. So make sure you're going to, you know, pick technology that's moderate enough that it actually lets you set the schedule. It lets you do it via, you know, e-check for your, your business clients credit card for your individual clients, It's trust compliant in case you are collecting that, you know, at the beginning of the month before the work is actually performed, but having those capabilities and flexibility and, you know, subscription-based services, recurring billing and payment plans is really important. And then you obviously are going to want a system that's automating that process and showing you exactly what's going on with your accounts receivable so that you can say, you know, by logging into a dashboard and having visibility as to, oh, great, my system automatically pinged my client five days early, you know, before the charge was going to go through to say, reminder client, this is happening. Mm. And then yeah. it did it. And then it sent the client an auto receipt and it updated my dashboard. Like, you just, like, got hours of your of your life back uh, <laughs> and you got paid. So just choose wisely.
1: Yes. All right. So let's leave off for a moment here so I can catch my breath. Then we'll come back for part three of the show. We're going to go a little long on the show. I'm seeing from the uh, little clock in front of me, but I'm enjoying talking with Sarah so much. I'm okay with that. While I look for my other sock in the dryer, listen to some more words from our sponsors. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter answer one virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer is available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call yourself at 800-ANSWER-ONE or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. Firm Central cloud-based legal practice management software for solo and small firms provides a single online location for all of the tools you need to manage client files and perform client work, and offers unrivaled integration with Westlaw. With Firm Central, you can securely store and organize documents and case files, manage time tracking and billables, and collaborate with clients through a secure client portal from anywhere there is an internet connection. Hey, thanks for coming back. This podcast is so packed with legal payment processing talk. It's like a linguisa and cheese roll from Sunrise Bakery in New Bedford. Now, let's get back to our conversation with Sarah Schaff of Headnote, who's talking with me about electronic payment processing for law firms and AR automation. Let's talk about a topic that you truly and dearly love, the time value of money. Since electronic payment processing allows law firms to get paid faster, what is the time value of money? And how are lawyers advantaged by that?
2: You're right, Jared. I do love this topic. I don't know what it says about so. me because it's like fairly nerdy. But I, there's two sides of the same coin. One is the time value of money, and the other is the power of incremental change, and they're the same thing essentially. But for the time value of money, the way that kind of I I talk to to law firms about it is like imagine if you had like you know what you hopefully you know what you have in your accounts receivable like, or you might not, which is why you actually need to start applying the the kind of uh, techniques of automation and tech to that process. But let's say that you already know that you've got, you know, 20K in in outstanding AR from a particular client and um, you're confident that like they're going to pay it eventually, or so you hope. But if you have that money today, instead of 30, 60, 90 days, you know, 90 days, like that's six pay periods. So this is all about opportunity cost. Like so, like what would you do with with six pay periods of money? Would you hire more people? Like do more marketing? You know, buy a new uh, technology tool that would actually like help you do things better or faster? It's not so much even about like getting paid faster. To a lot of firms, it is like cash flow issues uh, is a is a real thing. But if you're like, well, I don't have cash flow issues, then it's like opportunity cost and like what are you actually wasting and foregoing? Uh, like how much faster could you grow your firm or, or what could you do with that money if you had it now versus then, which is really the same thing as this like compounded, you know, interest compounded monthly. Like if you put 20 bucks away a month since you were born, you'd like be a millionaire by the time you're 18. <laughs> it's that same concept that like these little changes, right, make a big difference. And so getting that money, you know, even a week, a couple weeks, a month sooner actually adds up in a big way to your firm. And the best way to do that is to make it as easy as possible for your client to pay you.
1: If I had six extra pay periods of money or I had one mega millions, I would have bought a generally for myself, the car from the Dukes of Hazard.
2: What would you buy? <laughs> that was not what I thought you were going to say at all. <laughs> like that's,
1: that's I'm a great. simple I, man with simple would,
2: needs. If I won the whatever mega millions, Powerball, whatever it is, I would definitely buy like a house in like the South of France before I bought, or quiet, oh. Jared, you and I live quiet. I would buy a house in well, quiet yeah. before I would buy the car from Dukes of Person.
1: Well, that would be like the second thing I would buy because I'd be a billionaire, <laughs> but that's like totally the first thing I would buy. We talked about this a little bit before, ACH payments, e-check payments. Recently, same day ACH and e-check payments have become available. So why is that important? And why should law firms know about that?
2: Yeah, again, like this is something that I I love. Part of what I've, you know, done with my like post practicing law career over the past few years is work directly with banks and financial institutions to build really cool stuff. And same day ACH is just awesome. I mean, this essentially if you, if you use a provider that has a really cool E-checker ACH platform, it's going to allow your client to pay you without any of the traditional kind of friction. So think about when you signed up for PayPal or bill.com at some point in your life and it made you like enter your accounting and writing number. And then you you have to go check your account three days later for micro deposits. And then you have to go back to like PayPal or bill.com and enter those amounts. And like the whole thing takes like a week and you probably forget. And then they start emailing you. So that's not something that your clients want to do. You don't want to make your clients do that. But if you can, choose somebody who's made a really kind of cool modern you know e-check experience. You can give your client the ability to pay directly from their bank account 10 seconds or less without opening an account. So that's super cool. And it gives your client a great experience. But then ACH, unlike credit card, allows you to have if you work with the right provider, the funds actually transferred into your account same day and for sure within 24 hours. So I mean again, I hear from firms all the time like that difference of to them of it's either three to five business days for credit card versus I can have my funds in my bank same day within 24 hours of when it was initiated by my client. That is a game changer for for a lot of firms out there.
1: Yeah, that's a great advancement. All right, here's your open ended question of the day,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Sarah Schaff. What does the future of AR and e payments look like for us? Parentheses law firms.
2: You know, I think I'm friends with a lot of really cool people that are making great technology in our industry. And I love all of them because, you know, I come from a family of lawyers and worked at their law firms and like, we just didn't have this kind of technology or this kind of forward thinking lawyer turned tech founder uh until the last decade or so yeah so now there's cool products and one of my favorite things i'm gonna like just you know this is not my company but in the past couple of years we've seen crm for legal become really popular and i remember when this first came out three years ago or so like i was like crm for legal like no lawyer's gonna know what that means and they didn't like they had to really (laughs) educate the market like what is crm why do i need it Why do other industries do this as a best practice? And now there's multiple companies that are doing it, you know, some better than others. And we kind of get like, you know, check the box. I need to be automating how I'm intaking clients and tracking leads. Over the next couple of years, what I really believe is we're going to see that same kind of methodology and attention to detail and automation and tech being applied to our backend processes. So as of now, we've kind of said, all right, I'm going to automate my marketing, my intake, how I communicate with my client, how I bill my client, but we don't have automation for our accounts receivable and how we're actually getting paid and managing and and understanding the health of our business. Um, That is to me, what is really the next wave is kind of continuing to optimize that payment process and make it as easy as possible for your client and for you, and then really start applying technology to your accounts receivable so that the same way you now kind of interact with your crm is how you're going to be interacting with your ar
1: good stuff you've been bringing the heat this whole podcast so now you can settle back breathe for a little bit retreat to the yoga room i have one more question for you answer one of these two questions and i think
2: we spoiled one of them but anyway
1: choose between napa valley or sonoma valley or tell me your favorite hawaiian island and why
2: well, I'll choose the first question because I think I already yeah gave away my favorite Hawaiian island,
1: but which is Kauai? I,
2: which is Kauai, yes, yes, it's amazing because the mountains go right into the ocean and it's like Jurassic Park and the roosters. It's and the roosters, Jared's favorite. My, I would say Sonoma, like in a hot second, and it's because yes. it's amazing and that's actually where I got married. And if you want something that's just as good of wine as Napa, with like a little bit less kind of pretension you know. no hate to Napa, but the grapes are just as good in Sonoma and everyone's really approachable. And it's just a beautiful part of the world.
1: Beautiful, wonderful answer. And my choice as well would really? be Sonoma. Yes. I like Sonoma's way more low key than Napa, yes, in my opinion. Yes. And I'm kind of a low key dude. Yeah. This is a really fun show. Sadly, sadly, we've reached the caboose. Mm-hmm. of another episode of the Legal Toolkit Podcast. We've been talking with Sarah Schaff of Headnote about electronic payment processing in legal and automation of accounts receivable. Now, remember me. I'll be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the soul of the legal market. If you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, however, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So thanks again to Sarah Schaff of Headnote for making an appearance as my guest today. All right, Sarah, here's the big moment. Tell everyone how they can find out more about you and about what you do at Headnote.
2: Absolutely. The easiest way to learn more about Headnote and kind of really dig in on if e-payments and error automation is right for you is to go to headnote.com, head and note, one word, like the headnote at the beginning of the case that you're about to start reading, and you can always email me with any questions, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at headnote.com. Or if it's easier to remember, info at headnote.com or really anything at headnote.com and I'll get back to you.
1: <laughs> but don't literally email anything at headnote.com.
2: I swear if um, you do, it's like it goes to me because it doesn't, that address doesn't exist. <laughs> so whatever you want, I will get it.
1: Thanks again. Sarah Schaff of Headnote. And finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. I'm going to get a soft serve ice cream before it gets too cold to enjoy one.
0: Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries.